Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 10 of On Call with Angel MD, the podcast at the intersection of healthcare, technology, and finance. I know I say it every episode, but I'm going to say it again. Please rate and review us on iTunes, or if you're listening from SoundCloud, give us a like and a follow or a comment. Thank you in advance for your wonderful feedback. Now let's hop into the episode. Richard, are you okay? Yeah, who died? Um, what just happened? Well, apparently, Raviga held an emergency meeting of Pied Piper's board of directors. Oh, no. And they voted to remove me as CEO of my own company. I just got fired. That was a clip from HBO's Silicon Valley, in which Richard, CEO of the fictional Pied Piper, is basically fired from the company he founded. Much of the season two and three storylines revolve around the board dynamics and show just how critical a board is to the future of a company, though obviously with a lot more drama. In this episode, we're going to explore board dynamics, why boards are important, the impact they have, and what to avoid when assembling your board. Putting it extremely simply, a board is made up of important people and exists to guide and advise the company through important decision making, and having a solid board with developed leadership skills is critical. This is something Anna Dutra, CEO of Executive Clubs Chicago, has learned in her 28 years of experience consulting C-level business execs. And the one thing that I can tell you, for those of you who are investors or founders or inventors, is that I have seen great products and great companies failing or not having sustainable success because of poor governance and because of poor leadership. In fact, it is the highest factor for failure of companies, no matter what size and what stage they are. You can have the best product, you're going to be successful for a few years, but if you don't put the right people in the right places at the right time, that is just not sustainable. Organizing a board is an important step in any startup's journey, and it's one of those tasks that's never really done. Maybe somewhere along the line, you'll want to add a board director. Maybe as your company grows, you'll need more or less input from your board, etc., etc. Either way, it's an ongoing process to get the best feedback and the best advisors and the best leadership for your company. In terms of who should be on a board, it varies. You will definitely want to make sure they have a good understanding of the industry you're operating in. Some board members will join the company through an allocated seat after the close of a funding round. According to a TechCrunch article, it's common to add a board seat for the lead investor of each funding round. It's a good practice, and Anna will talk about this in a second, to have an, quote, independent seat who is not an investor and not an employee though they should still be well-versed in the company and industry. This allows for somewhat of an outsider perspective. Here's Anna speaking about that and best practices for the size of a board. Board size. For startups, you have the investor, you have the operators, so the executive directors or the executive advisors. As I said, at least one or two independent directors should be in place. Think about who you serve. Think about the people who are validating your science or the data behind the company. Think about diversity. And uh, 
I was just having a conversation right before uh, we started. And just look around this room. I cannot believe that the markets that you're serving are not low diversity as we see in here. So think about adding not only people who can add value from a content perspective, but who can also represent non-diverse segments in your company. They will help you to get more business. They will help you to see things from different perspectives. And they will help you to attract capital from other sources uh, as well. So many times, having one and just one for startups, independent director on the board can make a huge difference. The other question is around who that independent director is going to be. And in the healthcare space, for those of you who followed what happened with Therano or Outcome Health, just to cite uh, two very recent examples, Therano did not have one scientist on their board didn't have anybody who was there just to ask the right questions. It's not to probe, it's not to confront, it's not to run the company, it's just to ask the right questions. Outcome health, I don't believe that there was any um, poor ill intention in terms of the data, the big data that they were analyzing and disseminating. But you know what? It was not right. And when investors discovered that, they felt that they were being deceived. So that's why having an organization like Angel MD, who is bringing all of you together to actually talk about those issues, thinking about governance and organizational model, models in your startups and in the companies that you're thinking to invest in, and what are the right questions to ask, can be incredibly helpful. So building a board takes a lot of work and it's an ongoing process. So let's talk a little bit about possible pitfalls in that process. Let's talk a little bit about the most common causes of disruption in boards. The first one is misalignment around the mission of the board and the strategy of the company. And that misalignment occurs usually in two ways. It's either amongst board members, as I said, if you have the investors, those of you who are in the room, the founders, the operators, and they're all looking at the business in the long term from a different perspective. We have a problem, Houston, right? The other one is between the board of advisors and the CEO and the person who is running the company. Again, I couldn't be more clear. Boards are not meant to run companies. They are meant to ask the right questions. They are meant to advise. But if you have an adversary relationship, or if you don't establish roles clearly enough with the CEO who is there operating the day-to-day -day business, we will have problems. This should be a partnership relationship, not an adversary relationship. The other type of misalignment that I've seen very commonly is around the future of the company. Are we growing to sell? Are we growing to acquire? Are we go growing to IPO? What the heck are we doing here? And until you have that type of alignment, you will have serious discussions in the room that are not necessarily going to touch on alignment, but that are caused by the lack of. So we see very clearly when companies are talking about succession. So who's going to succeed the founder? or the CEO, and you start to see different board members coming up with the different competencies or profile requirements for the next leader. 
When you see people in radically different camps in terms of who they think should be leading that company, I can assure you that the misalignment is not around the individual or the role, it is around the strategy of the company. And that's the difficult conversation. You need to have unprepared directors. So my recommendation is very early in the process. I don't care if you've been a company for 20 years or just for 20 months, start to think about your skills matrix. What kinds of companies, experiences, skills you need in your advisory board, you need in the boardroom, and for you in the room who are investors, demand it. Demand to see if we're going to form an advisory board, what types of skills do we want to have? Do we need people with technology skills? Do we need people who are scientists or who understand big data? Or do we need people who are going to help us to raise money for the company? Which takes us to the third point, which is misalignment around expectations for directors. So the first thing I always ask when I'm being asked to sit on a board is, what do you expect from me? Why are you asking me to be a candidate for this board? Is it because of my experience technical competence, or is it because I can make connections for you, or I can help you to raise money, or is it because, in the case of some advisory boards, you expect me to be a little bit more uh, hands-on. So for both sides, investors and board candidates, as well as operators in the room, founders in the room, that needs to be abundantly clear. These misalignments Anna's is talking about they can pretty much all be explained as a breakdown of communication. She points out three misalignments, those around the mission of the board and the strategy of the company, those around the future of the company, and those around the expectations of the board member. Now, those three aspects, mission, future, and expectations, basically boil down to culture. So no matter what side of the table you are on, you need to ensure there's a culture fit. A board member position is essentially a part-time job. Would you accept a job where you don't think you fit in? Would you hire an employee who doesn't seem to get along with the existing team? No, of course not. And the same applies here. A board should not be a source of conflict, but rather a resource. That's why boards have evolved over the years and regulatory standards have been set. I'll let Anna elaborate on that. So boards started very simply because people were investing money in companies and they wanted to know how they were run. So there were no legislators, there were, uh, there were no organisms regulating how boards uh, should work. As I mentioned over the course of the last few years, not only because of uh, the world financial crisis or Sarbanes-Oxley or um, you take um, uh, WorldCom and uh, other big scandals and the scrutiny increased quite a bit. And investors also became savvier. So stockholders are saying, hey, we want to have a say on pay of CEO. We want to understand how much equity is being given to employees at the top. Now you have the ISS with institutional investors saying, hey, if we are an institutional investor, here are some guidelines that we want, uh, we want to impose on you. So now there is so much more responsibility over directors, and we changes the role of director as well, as well as investors. Why do we even think about independent directors? Because so many times, 
the interest of the founder, the inventor, the interest of the current operator and the investors might be at odds, although at the end, the ultimate goal is to increase value of the company, whether you're going to sell it or you're going to continue to grow it. But you have investors, and I work a lot with private equity groups, and when you have many private equity partners on the board, that creates already a tension point with the CEO who is hired sometimes to replace the founder to take the company to the next level, but one wants to accelerate, to sell fast, the other one is thinking long-term growth and sustainability. No matter what side of the boardroom table you're sitting on, the experience can be incredibly rewarding. As a board member, you get the opportunity to guide enthusiastic individuals as they pursue the unknown. And as a startup exec, you get the wealth of information and experience to take advantage of. So take advantage of it. There's countless stereotypes around board meetings and how they are a waste of time, but you're only going to get out what you put in. To start getting the most out of your board, try drafting one big question for them per quarter. Not only does it show you value their input, but it's also a great way to get feedback on big picture topics. Do you have tips and tricks for how to best utilize a board? Have advice for future board members? Join the conversation on Twitter with the hashtag AngelMD on call. Thank you for listening to On Call with Angel MD. Visit us at angelmd.co for more information. You can follow us on Twitter at angelmd underscore inc. And we're on Facebook at backslash angelmd inc. And you can find us on LinkedIn as well. I'm also on Twitter at smacha1995. We're a pretty new podcast, so we would love any feedback that you have. Tweet us with the hashtag angelmdoncall and let us know what you thought of the episode. Thanks again for listening. We hope you join us again. Okay.